1060 KDUS Tempe Phoenix and KSLX HD2 Scottsdale Phoenix. It's time to hit the field with Extra Point featuring Kayla Mortolaro and Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060. Tweet the show at KDUS AM 1060 or give us a call at 602-260-1060. The snap is back. The hold is down. You can't miss with this combination. And the extra point is good. Welcome in to Extra Point here on KDOS AM 1060. As always, follow along with us online at KDOS1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app. It's a Thursday. It's December 14th. Bob Kemp, Kayla Mortolaro here with you up until 1 o'clock today, as we typically do Mondays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays. But a bit of a programming note for you. The holiday season is upon us. Friday, we, of course, are going to be continuing with Friday Spread, brought to you by Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits, and we are looking to go out in 2023 as a winner. That's right. Friday will mark the last show for us in 2023. The Sports Zone coming back January 2nd in the extra point following suit on January 3rd. But still plenty of time to get involved in today's program if you'd like to. 602-260-1060 is the number. We'll take phone calls today, 1130 and 1215. But let's set the scene here with today's poll questions and we'll get things started with the KDOS1060.com poll question. Heavy focus on college football today and the CFP games that are upcoming on January 1st. So who wins January 1st in the Rose Bowl? Number one, Michigan or number four, Alabama. And Bob, we're in a 50-50 split. Before we get to this, is there some way I can negotiate that I don't have to come back till January 3rd? Uh, no, I've already made all the arrangements with the other portion of uh, the staff. So no, sorry. God, I have no poll around here. 20 some <laughs> years, I got no poll. Come on. Okay. Just, you know, people are feeling sorry for me as we speak, I'm sure. All right. In okay, fairness, on to the... I'm back on January 2nd, and I already have Valley Focus interviews all lined up. I don't care about you. You should. We, how long we've been doing this together? And there's only one person around here I care about. I was hoping in that... the holiday season there would be a little sliver for me in your heart. Oh, screw the holiday season. How, how's that? Okay, that, there, there you go. So let, let's get that straight, too. Um, okay, I, I'm not anti-Christmas, so I'm not the biggest Christmas guy in the world, but I'm not anti It's okay. Thanksgiving's better. Uh, anyway, so there you go. Uh, the poll question, uh, which we asked you asked several minutes ago. Um, uh, Michigan is a... Uh, the number one seed, but they're a uh, you know, small favorite. In fact, by game time, I wouldn't be shocked if Alabama were at least a pick in this game. So we'll see what happens. That game's not till January 1st at the Rose Bowl. Uh, so uh, pay attention to the latest line, especially Michigan has more than a couple of – they at least one injury for sure with Zinter, their best offensive lineman, who was horribly injured and unfortunately injured in that Ohio State-Michigan game, and he's uh, – Hopefully going to be back at least for the NFL draft to be ready for that to do something uh, before he can, you know, he can work out or do something and help his draft standing. And also Will Johnson, their best defensive back, got hurt towards the end of that Ohio State game. Uh, so we'll see if there's an update on him. I'm sure there will be at some point, but there's uh, no reason for Michigan to give us any kind of update right now. So that, that would, if those two guys, if they're both out, 
Obviously, Zinter is. If Johnson's out, I think that Alabama has a real good chance to be favored by the time that game starts on January 1st. We will officially answer that question today around 1230. Plenty of time for you to still cast your vote. Tossing this on over to Twitter at KDUS AM 1060. Well, the other game that's on January 1st, who wins the Sugar Bowl, Washington or Texas? And the masses over on Twitter at KDUS AM 1060 are on Washington's side of things at 53.3% of the vote. 46.7% is on Texas. And the one-loss team is favored in this game, uh, in part because they're playing in, in New Orleans and obviously uh, an easy little jaunt there from Texas, uh, from Austin to New Orleans, at least compared to Seattle. Uh, so there's going to be a home crowd advantage for Texas early in this game. Uh, so this Washington, in fact, is underdog now for the third time in the last four games, and they're still undefeated. Yeah, you know what? This is kind of interesting because obviously uh, there's the the fact that Washington with their offense, but, you know, the question marks surrounding the offense, Texas with their defensive front, maybe some questions a little bit for them in the secondary. So kind of who wins out on that front, uh, the close mm-hmm. games that Washington has won. And then I don't know, have we alleviated any concerns about Sarkeesian uh uh, play calling when they do get a lead or when things get tight like have any of those concerns gone away uh i've never been concerned about that to start with well there you go you are not one of the masses <laughs> that are concerned about that oh uh, okay i'm not i mean i think their biggest problems for blowing leads was their defense uh gave up pass plays because the other team was chasing points and as you mentioned uh clearly they're dying their weakness of their team is their secondary We will officially answer that question, as I mentioned, around 1230. As a reminder, calls for you today, 602-260-1060, around 1130 and 1215. Let's bring the conversation here locally to last night with the Phoenix Suns. They welcomed back Mikael Bridges and Cam Johnson yesterday, who are now with the Nets. Uh, The debut also was taking place for the big three for the Suns, that, of course, being Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, and Bradley Beal. But it wasn't enough as the Nets go on to win 116-112 to last night. Cam Johnson scored all 15 of his points in the first half. He ended 5 of 10, 3 of 7 from 3, 5 rebounds, and 4 assists. McHale added 21 points on 7 of 19 from the floor, 3 rebounds, and 2 assists. But the Nets were led by Cam Thomas's 24 points and Spencer Dinwiddie hitting some key shots late to keep the game out of reach for the Suns. 16 points in total for him. Just some numbers for the big three before we kind of dissect things. Booker, 34 points, 9 of 15, 12 assists, 6 rebounds. Durant, 27 points, 9 of 18, 1 of 5 from 3, 6 rebounds and 4 assists. And Beal, 14 points, 6 of 9. Yeah, I actually, you know, Booker, you know, 34 points on 15 field goal attempts is really impressive. Obviously, he got to the free throw line, I believe it was 15 times he got to the free throw line in that game. So that necessarily made up for his lack of field goal attempts. Um, yeah, they've been, they're asking Booker to do too much. I mean, he has to do everything at the offensive end of the floor. You know, he basically runs the offense. He has to score. Um, you know, he's very few turnovers these last few games for him too, which is an improvement from earlier in the season, but you know, they need offensively a point guard, uh, as I've mentioned, at least somebody or a lead guard. I know point guard is kind of a term that doesn't even really exist anymore. 
but at least somebody that can set them up in a situation where they need to get uh, need to actually get a good shot in the half court. Because I think they're taking some rush shots here now, too. So that's a, a couple of things to pay attention to on offense. However, the Suns' biggest problem, every game, no matter who they play, is their defense is really bad, especially bad, specifically at guys that can penetrate into the paint and create easy shots for themselves or their teammates. And they have nobody, and I mean nobody, that can defend anybody off the dribble to get into the paint whenever they want to get into the paint. And that happened again last night. It happens literally every game. And while I don't care about the regular season, I've, you know, I've people have been – I mentioned in the, in the sports zone, people have listened to me for 34, 35 years, I guess it is now. And I've been – that's been my – actually, that's been my case. Of my, you know, I don't care about the regular season since I was like uh, 10 years old, literally because I was taught at that point that the regular season doesn't matter. But if you can't play any defense and you can't win home games and they now have a losing record at home, those are problems even in December. So going back to two things that you've pointed out here that I have on my notes from watching the game. Uh, so the Suns, going back to Booker, the Suns really need to figure out the minutes when he is resting. That just continues to also jump off the page to me in addition to all the things that he's being asked to do. Either the game gets out of hand, uh, either by the team being able to come back or the lead is extended when Booker is not on the floor. And it's amazing to me that this kind of keeps happening in, in a way uh, because – Kevin Durant might still be on the floor, or in this case with Bradley Beal returning, he might still be on the floor. But I think that goes to your larger point that there isn't somebody who can handle the ball. And when Booker's not handling the ball, uh, it really seems like the offense doesn't have construction. But this is not surprising because this is not going to change. They don't have anybody on their roster capable of doing those things. They've got to find somebody that can be at least a lead guard and they need to find somebody, I'm going to bring up Torrey Craig's game again, that could at least stop somebody in the perimeter to get into the paint whenever they want to just dribble into the paint without any resistance. That's and these things are huge problems in any time of the year, whether it's December or obviously in April. That's the next thing that I had written down there about the defensive breakdowns that we see in addition to the fourth quarter execution or lack thereof at times. How much, though, uh, because we, we've seen it with, uh, you know, Booker, KD playing together. Sometimes uh, KD's not playing. Sometimes Booker's not playing. We haven't seen it yet with Beal KD and Booker. We also didn't have a game where Grayson Allen was playing. We also didn't have a game with Eric Gordon is playing. So how much are uh, you willing to say we still haven't had the full arsenal that maybe those defensive breakdowns get fixed? Or is it just who the players are that that's not really kind of top of mind for them in terms of what, what they're good at with their game? Yeah, it's not changing. I mean, none of those guys have ever you – know, Durant at one time of his career was certainly an, you know, a stopper to some extent defensively, but that wasn't against guards that penetrated into the paint, obviously. Right. Uh, so it's not changing. I mean, this current roster is horribly constructed, and they're going to have these problems the entire season. Now, they're, you know, I thought they were just outscore teams. But they're not able to, they haven't been able to do that on a regular basis. Maybe that will happen more often. 
once those three guys continue to play and you know hopefully they continue to play together last night the first game where they all played together but you know they're just gonna I thought they'd win like 50 games by just you know scoring 130 points a game but they're not capable of that either that part surprises me probably more than anything because I realized long ago like in July that this roster is not going to be capable of stopping anybody and who's actually going to run an offense here and those things haven't changed but the, I am very surprised that they haven't been able to score more points. But maybe I'm not fair about that because they haven't had the full arsenal of the, quote, big three, uh, which, you know, you know big three, uh, this is not a big three, I'm sorry. Uh, but, you know, we're going to continue to hear that till the end of time, I'm sure. But those three guys have only played, like, the one game together. And I was actually surprised that Beal played 34 minutes last night, too. Didn't yeah. like they either, not like they eased him into the action or whatever. A back-to-back, for one, and then 34 minutes, and the broadcast kept saying that he was on a minutes restriction, and it was supposed to be around 28, but then he played 34. However, um, talking about assessing Bradley Beal's game, head coach Frank Vogel did say something post-game about, you know, it's kind of hard because of the minutes restriction that he was really in a rhythm to get things going, but they took him out because of that minutes restriction, and then when he came in for a second stint, he had a harder time getting it going back again offensively. Also, they were in panic mode in the fourth quarter because they were blowing the game because they actually led the game in the fourth quarter at the start of the fourth quarter. That they did, and once again, uh, they didn't score, which then allowed uh, the Nets to come back there. They were able to to put in put in a bucket, but then the Nets answered, and from there, the Nets never relinquished the lead. Yeah, and you know, you know, God bless Eddie Johnson. He's talking about they need consecutive stops. I'm at the point now. How about just a stop, let alone consecutive stops? Some differences, uh, you know, the Nets heading into this game in terms of volume from three, uh, at least are in the top three or five of the league. And then in terms of percentages, they're in the top three or five of the league. So they're not afraid to shoot it from three and they're good at it. Uh, Maybe they did have a bit of an off night for them with a 15 of 41 from three, 36.6%. The Suns, though, nine of 28 from three, 32.1%. Turnovers, the Nets seven, the Suns 12, bench points the Nets 26 the Suns 14 again not having Eric Gordon not having Grayson Allen but when you're looking at different things uh, that have consistently popped you've had rebounding uh, differential being a huge favor for opponents I know Nurkic had 22 rebounds so he almost accounted for about half the rebounds for the Suns last night but rebounding differential seems to stand out turnovers definitely stand out bench points stand out and then have you been surprised that they're really just not filling it up from three um not necessarily because you know they don't have a bunch of dudes that are known as you know long three-point specialists in their careers i'm very surprised though the biggest surprise really the only surprise once again to repeat from my comment earlier is that i'm i'm stunned that they're not scoring more points and like i said maybe i'm just not giving them enough chance for that because they haven't had the big three uh, together enough to, you know, to do that. But then it's, uh, you know, they're not going to win a defensive game where they have to actually get, uh, you know, make some stops at the end of a game because they're incapable of doing so. And I'd like to sit here and say that these things are going to change, but I don't think they're going to change a whole lot unless this, they make drastic roster changes 
And I don't really know what they can do, quite frankly. They're gonna—they're more likely to release some players because I think they have some untradeable guys who are playing minutes for them. And I don't know if uh, who do they have to trade to get somebody that's going to make a difference. You know, the only hope is that there's uh, some veteran players out there on opposing teams that stand no chance of going anywhere, and they're willing to take a, a chance on a younger player, if you will. Uh, that's the only hope that I can I can foresee, because you're right. Uh, you're not in a position to do anything major. Yeah, well, the fantasy basketball approach from the ownership is backfiring miserably here. I'm guessing that they're even wondering now whether that was a good idea. Uh, two things here. Head coach Frank Vogel was asked to kind of talk about how the evaluating of the three together overall uh, came came for him after last night's game. And he said, that's what we're trying to do. And I thought Bradley got it going early in the game. But uh, the minute restrictions had us get him out sooner than we typically would. So I think it would have been nicer to run him a little longer since he had made his first three shots. Second stint didn't really have the same rhythm that he started with. But that's the stuff that will come. I like the rhythm of the game and that like I said those guys are just trying to figure out how to get each other involved and choose their spots to get aggressive Kevin Durant added on top of that about how many games is it going to take until they figure it all out and he said basketball is unpredictable man who knows you cannot pinpoint or give you an exact time on when we got it clicking basketball is an unpredictable sport and anything can happen it can be tomorrow or it could be two weeks from now I know that we are going to come to work and try to figure it out the best that we can. Yeah, I would say that the best thing about uh, Durant, uh, well, obviously he's still an offensive machine, but since he's come here, is listening to him in postgame. I'm not joking. I mean, he is really thoughtful, thinks through answers, and what he said there, you just mentioned some of his comments there from last night. Those are 100% accurate. Uh, and I actually don't blame Vogel either. I mean, yeah, I think he's, yeah, that, he's telling the truth at this point. I don't think they – they're just trying to piece it along here, and uh, I'm sure that uh, you know as Beal, as long as he's, his back is still okay, uh, they'll build up his minutes. Uh, the thing that's got to be dri driving Vogel crazy is that you know, when he was in his heyday with the Pacers, uh, and with the when they won the championship with the Lakers, albeit with a really two of the best defensive players in the history of basketball, uh, that made it a little easier for him there. But there, he's a defensive guy. And this has got to be driving him nuts because they can't stop anybody at any time. Well, that actually leads me to a question that I had here. You know, this was mainly when DeAndre Ayton was still here and the topic and, and, and questions to Vogel were how were you going to be able to unleash him on the defensive side? And he really had a, a lot to say in terms of he believes in his system, right? That his defensive system is what is going to help these guys. Well, obviously DA is not here, but the system has to probably remain the same. So do we just not have uh, the same type of players to plug into the system or is the system just not working no they have people they have players that are incapable of guarding people they have players that really probably shouldn't be on nba rosters and some of them are playing minutes for the suns now um it's just a poorly constructed team and uh it, it really it, this is not a surprise should not be a surprise to anybody and i said this in july 
when we had a pretty good idea what this roster was going to look like when they made some free agent additions. And I kept thinking, really, they couldn't do better than that. Uh, so I just don't, they're, I don't think they're suited. You know, I know people wanted to have a parade as soon as they got Bradley Beal. I never understood that. But not even I imagine that this would be as bad as it is right now. Uh, you mentioned it for Bradley Beal, 34 minutes. He had about 28 uh, on, what was that, Tuesday. So on the back-to-back, they're off today, and then they are hosting the Knicks tomorrow. Uh, so that's kind of just what, where we're at in terms of monitoring Bradley Beal and how he's progressed in yeah. returning to health if he's ready to yeah. just keep going with the basketball games. And tomorrow night, Sean Marion in the Ring of Honor, that's a dude they could use at the defensive end. He could do a lot of things at the defensive end. They could use him. Hell, he could probably still play a little bit now than some of the guys they have trying to play defense at this point. Get him on the floor Friday night. The hell with the Ring of Honor thing. Make him play. <laughs> uh, we'll get into a little bit more around the NBA on the other side of the break. It is the Extra Point. James Out West brings NFL, NBA, MLB, and local sports talk to you Monday night starting at 7 on KDUS AM 1060 and the KDUS 1060 app. point here on KDOS AM 1060. As always, follow along with us online at KDOS1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app. There is Springsteen tomorrow, right? I I have it in my in (laughs) my mental notes to make sure that he carries us out to end the uh, year tomorrow. Yes. All right. That's the Christmas song. Correct. So don't worry. He will be um, he will All be right. a part of the show tomorrow. I could send you a Merry Christmas baby version for Springsteen, too, if you want to use that. Uh, you know, whichever version you would like me to make sure I play that's correct, <laughs> send it along. Well, you got two, you know, Merry Christmas baby and you know, Santa Claus is coming to town are two different songs. Well, yeah. So uh, I guess which one would you prefer? Because I know that it's always oh, usually uh, Santa Claus is coming to town. No, we'll, we'll play this thing. Yeah, it's a tradition. So okay. we have to go with so we have to go with Santa here. All right. We'll go with Santa tomorrow. So everyone okay, make sure okay. you're tuned in for that. That's right. In addition to or, or listen to or listen to E Street Radio on Sirius XM to have like every ten minutes it's on there now because <laughs> it's because it's December. Correct. So. Uh, it is the extra point. We will be doing Friday spread tomorrow. Your last chance for 2023 at a one hundred dollar gift certificate to Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits. Probably a great place to go check out to find the, all your holiday uh, items and food for the holiday season. Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits. So we will do that tomorrow. Uh, in addition to this segment here we'll get into some more nba just briefly here uh adrian warjanowski reported yesterday that the nba is suspending draymond green indefinitely green uh the warriors general manager mike dunleavy and green's agent rich paul are expected to meet today to discuss a path of counseling and help for green to move forward here uh, you know, we had we had talked about Green because this incident stemmed from what he did in the Suns game with uh, Nurkic. Uh, that this is for me definitely the right move, spent suspending him indefinitely because it's been 
not just the Nurkic incident. You have the Rudy Gobert incident from earlier in the year. You have Draymond Green's career where these are not basketball plays. uh, And it's kind of time here that something is done to curtail before somebody gets really, really seriously injured based upon what he's doing out there. That's a really good point. I mean, I, I mentioned I got in this a little bit in the sports zone, but I wish I would have stolen that. Uh, I wish you would have told me that ahead of time. I would have used that. But this is the sixth time that he's been suspended for something along these lines. My idea is, you know, once they get past the indefinite part here, they should suspend him for at least 25 games. That will teach him a lesson, hopefully, because everything else that they've done has not worked out. Uh, the NBA has not, they don't have enough guts to do that. And I don't, maybe the collective bargaining agreement doesn't allow them to do that, which is unfortunate if that's the case. But you know, it would teach him a lesson, hopefully. And also, I think it would punish the Warriors. And they deserve some grief here, too. They deserve some criticism because they put up with this crap for all these years. That was going to be my next question here. You know, from like, does it come from Steph Curry? Does it come from Clay Thompson? Does it come from Steve Kerr that they're they're always backing their guy, which you know you should do publicly. But is there anything you know that they feel like they can say that you're you're a detriment to the team at this point when you're not available? But they must not think he's a real detriment to the team. They just signed him this past offseason to a contract extension. That's true. They did indeed. So we'll continue to monitor that particular situation regarding Draymond Green and the suspension from the NBA indefinitely and what exactly the parameters are for him uh, to make his return. The other bit of... Hopefully he will not be playing by the time we come back on January 2nd. I hear January 2nd. So much for me lobbying on January 3rd. So whenever we come back, hopefully he'll not be playing by then. Giannis, he scored 64 points last night. Ooh. It is a Bucks team record previously held by Michael Red from 2006 in which he scored 57. Michael Red, all right. <laughs> 57 Michael Red points. From, Michael Red from Columbus West High School where my father went to high school many years before Michael Red did. And when Michael Red played for the Suns, uh, he went to Ohio State also. Good, good college choice there for Mr. Red. And so did my dad. Uh, so I, I remember talking to him about Columbus West High School because my dad went there 100 years before he did. So I knew you were going to have a Michael Red story. I just didn't know it was going to date yeah. back to uh, same there high school go. as your dad. That's correct. Yeah, school was a little different back in those days, I'm sure. You know, it was like the covered wagon days as opposed to uh, Michael, Dred- Michael Red. I'm sure, like, I assume he drove a car to school. <laughs> Uh, he he, being Giannis, was 20 of 28 from the floor, 24 of 32 from free throw range, and he had 14 rebounds on the night as the Bucks went on to beat the Pacers 140 to 126. So you think this is where the great story of Giannis's great night ends? No, this is where it just begins. The uh, ball. Then there became a fracas after the game because apparently the Pacers 
took the game ball because they were going to give it to Oscar Toshibwe because he ended up scoring his first NBA points. So they were going to give him the game ball. But of course, Giannis wanted the game ball because he scores 64 points, a career high, a Bucks record, etc. So now Giannis tries to go into the Pacers locker room. Before you know it, they're all out in the hallway. Rick Carlisle in his postgame comments was saying that somebody from the Bucks like elbowed one of their team managers in the ribs like a whole thing ended up transpiring here Giannis then was given a, a ball at the conclusion of all of this he then said well I have a ball I don't know if it is the game ball because it doesn't feel the same so we don't really know where the ball is but there we go Giannis's 64 point game uh had a little bit of yeah. fun at the end of it well, the bottom line here is being, uh, of course, I'm Mr. NBA regular season. I didn't even realize Oscar Shibwe, who was a tremendous college player at Kentucky, I didn't even know he was in the NBA, let alone with the Pacers. So there, I learned something last night just because of that. Very good. One other bit of news here for you from the NBA. The Pistons, they are 2-22 and and now have Ooh, Monty the— Monty Williams. Yeah, it's not going well there for Monty in his first year with the Detroit. 2-22, and 22, and they now have the longest losing streak in franchise history with 21 losses in a row. Their last win came back on October 28th against the Bulls. Uh, they were 0-4, obviously, in the month of November, and there were a ton of comparisons back when uh, we were still in the month of November about being 0-4, and then just a couple of years removed from when the Suns went undefeated in the month of November. Ooh, and I'm sure somebody, I'm sure many people have probably done the uh, math. You know, Monty's making a ton of money. I believe he's like the second or third highest, head paid, uh, highest paid head coach now. Uh, so I'm sure somebody's figured out how many uh, you know, dollars per win so far for Monty with the Pistons. I know that the Pistons have one of the youngest rosters in the league, but two for 22 is certainly not great. Yeah, I mean, once again, my NBA reg- – actually, I haven't watched the Pistons play a game in a long time because they haven't been in the playoffs for a long time. That's about the only time I pay attention, except when the Suns have played the Pistons. But uh, I don't even really know anybody on their team other than Cunningham, I think, is still there from Oklahoma State. They drafted first in the draft a couple years ago. That's correct. That's about the only – that's about the only dude I think I know off the top. In fact, that is the only dude I know off the top of my head. Uh, well, they have Jaden Ivey. They have a Sir Thompson. Okay. Well, uh, well, I don't know who that is. Who? The, the, the Tom- third guy? The Thompson twins, and it's the one Thompson brother. Oh, those. Oh, that's right. Or they're not twins, that. but they're they brothers. That's right. They didn't play. They didn't play in college, so I've never seen them play. Um, you know, so I, Ivy was an interesting player at Purdue. I thought he was a very selfish player at Purdue, but I'm the idiot who thought that Halliburton was a really selfish player at Iowa State and would never be anything in the NBA. So that was a pretty smart move by That's pretty, pretty dumb assessment by me. Well, now you bring up Halliburton and how uh, maybe Suns fans are lamenting the fact that uh, the Suns could have drafted Halliburton that year. They could have drafted him, and so could have like 10 or 11 other teams. And uh, I was actually not in favor of them drafting him because I was the genius that thought he was a really selfish player at Iowa State. Uh, Marvin Bagley III is on the Pistons team. Oh, I know. I've even seen him play in high school. So there you go. And you know, back uh, in his days. Yeah, Corona, right? So, yeah. And- I was. They, uh, McCabe and Bordeaux dragged me to a. You know, they didn't drag me. I offered to go 
to a Corona game when they were playing. So that was many years ago. And I know you know James Wiseman. He's also on the Pistons. Uh, guy I never really liked when he was in Memphis. Well, we only saw him play like 10 games in Memphis because uh, of all the NCAA issues. And uh, they, they, I think they got put on probation because of that. But whatever. Uh, and then we saw him play for the Warriors, and he couldn't play for them. And he wasn't a good NBA player, so I assume he's probably not a good NBA player and a bad team. Marcus Sasser, he's on the Pistons. Oh, I liked him in college. Okay. Yeah, these guys should be these, these guys should be better. <laughs> uh, 602-260-1060. That's the number if you'd like to chime in. We'll take your calls now. Talk to you on the other side of the break. We'll also shift our focus to college football, but 602-260-1060. That's the number. It is the extra point. SB Nation Radio is now Sports Map Radio, keeping sports content fresh and fun. Join us right here on KDUS AM 1060. Extra point right here on KDOS AM 1060 online at KDOS1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app there's still time to make sure you're downloading that KDOS 1060 app register that's the key component and there's some pretty sweet hoops tickets potentially for you at the end of the line get yourself registered for all of that Bob Kemp Kayla Mortolaro here with you up until one o'clock today as we typically do Mondays Wednesdays I have a question yeah do you play this Christmas music when you're hanging up your lights? <laughs> uh, I did. <laughs> yes, I did for the okay. inside, not for the outside. Okay. Well, come on. You got to entertain the neighbors. Come on. Open the, you know, roll down the windows, open the door. You're, you know, actually you would get cold. So never mind. <laughs> I would get cold. But you know what? <laughs> I do have uh, a bucket full of candy canes out in the front yard. And so Ooh. if... Uh, people are on their joyful walks around the neighborhood. You can take a candy cane. So I'm in the spirit. Well, I like candy cans. Okay, All I can right, do well, that. Well, there you go. All yeah. right. Okay. You can bring one Sunday to the Cardinals game. <laughs> okay. I'll try to remember to do that. <laughs> <laughs> you go right by it on your way, your, your way out the door. You go right by it, right? So there you go. Oh, that's true. I guess there's no okay. excuse now. <laughs> that's correct. I'm playing, playing no excuse in your brain. 602-260-1060. That is the number to join the program. Uh, Bob and I are with you up until 1 o'clock today, Friday being our last show of 2023. 602-260-1060. We pop on out to the KDOS hotline now. Rob in Mesa, what's on your mind today, Rob? Well, I don't know where to go. Um, candy canes, Detroit Pistons roster. It's, it's a plethora <laughs> of great times here. Um now, going over that Pistons roster, that is definitely a five-win team. I don't know how they only have two, but it's a definite five-win team. When and do they play I, the Spurs? I, I put, that would be that better be the showdown of the NBA. I'm on it. There you go. I know you can't give out your address, but a bucket of candy canes. I mean, my affection goes back to when I used to uh, sneak peppermint schnapps around when I was in high school. Oh. So, kind of the same taste, but... Man, I'd love to find that bucket. <laughs> Maybe I'll okay, have well, a, a bucket I full of give, candy I could, canes. I wish, I wish I could give out. I don't have her address, or I'd give it out, but I don't have it. <laughs> I just need the neighborhood. I, you know, I, I, ex-military, I can search and find it, find stuff. But Uh-oh. Um, <laughs> these, these bowl, college bowl games coming up, um, 
I know this is the last year before the big 12-team playoffs, but is there a lack of interest, especially I, I'm thinking the Fiesta Bowl with Oregon and Liberty. Liberty. I, mean, I don't know how good Liberty travels. or They're from Virginia, I think, <laughs> right? That's true. Is that Jerry Falwell's place? Is that the – I think it was at one time. So I don't know if that's uh, – that, that, I don't know if that means travel or what the deal is. Uh, I the, the answer to your question, though, seriously, is that uh, unfortunately the uh, other games uh, that are bowl games, and then we got all the opt outs, so we're, we already had a few already. Now, I'm actually shocked that some players in you know Ohio State, for instance, are actually playing in the bowl game, the Cotton Bowl against Missouri. I figured they'd all opt out, uh, but you know it's going to be. Those games are, you know, I wouldn't say, I don't think they're meaningless because these are actually, you know, especially for the teams that are, you know, didn't have aspirations to go to the CFP. Uh, these bowl games are a good experience for them. It's great for the kids. It's great for, you know, the university. They get some money out of this, I assume. Uh, maybe not as much as they used to, but uh, so those for those reasons, I think it's, they're good. As far as just for you and I, as far as viewing pleasure, and Kayla, for betting pleasure, I don't have any interest in this because I think it's impossible to handicap these games. Yeah, and I mean, and the other one, like Florida State and Georgia, is there any after they've both <laughs> been shut out of the playoffs? I mean, I know the coach is going to coach them, but the teams, are they going to get out there and really give it that 100%? That's, you know, just a question. I'd... Well, I would think not. Well, we already know that Johnny Wilson is not playing for Florida State. Uh, former ASU right. wide receiver, he's opted out. And he's going to the Shrine Bowl, I believe it is, to show his talents in the All-Star games. Uh, and then, obviously, he'll get ready for the draft. And I can't imagine that Georgia is going to have their full contingent of, uh, contingent of players because uh, they're still gonna, they probably got eight or nine guys that will be drafted by the Eagles this year. Correct, correct. Well, thanks for taking the call. You guys have a – Happy, safe holiday, and uh, I'll talk to you next year. Sounds great, Rob. Thank you, and happy holidays to you and your family as well. 602-260-1060, that is the number to join the program. We'll do phone calls again today around 12.15. You know, a couple of things piggybacking off of what Rob was talking about with college football and the bowl games here, and something that you said that, you know, a lot of these teams aren't in a position to really compete for the CFP, so these bowl games mean so much to them and for their schools. But is it kind of now hitting a point where – uh, the, the the money means everything to those schools if, if they're able to to receive those benefits for their postseason play. But if the lack of interest is not there from the community support, if the lack of interest is not there from the fan base's traveling support, does all of the ancillary things that you were talking about being such a cool experience start to fade away? That I I don't know. I think that's an excellent question, though. I really have no way of guessing at that. However, I'm sure that Liberty is going to be thrilled. Those kids are, you know, they didn't think that they'd even have a bowl game, I'm sure, when the season started, let alone playing here against a, a, a big-time opponent. And, yeah, Bo Nix is going to play for Oregon. Um, you know, he's, he's one guy that is going to play in the bowl game, and I'm not sure – 
if they've either the guys opt out or not. I'm guessing that I, I my apologies. I can't remember. They have a cornerback who's going to be like a first round draft pick. I can't imagine he's going to play, but and nor should he. Uh, but you know, I I don't I, I, I'm not sure. And you know, this is a a lot of these bowl games are on ESPN. You know, what do they call the greatest time of the year or whatever it is they use that little Christmas song that they stole from Kayla's uh, <laughs> Christmas music. Um, they, you have that you know, every year. And, you know, ESPN, you know, they do a lot of funding for, uh, you know, they, they pay for these games. Uh, and I wonder if their television ratings, I'm guessing that they're not going to be as high as they have been. Uh, and I think this is actually going to get uh, even worse next year when we have the 12-team playoff. Yeah, it really is going to reshape the the expansion of those bowls. And really, I think you also brought up the other point about how do you, if you are, if you feel really strongly about you know betting and the college bowl games are an opportunity to really take advantage of uh, plenty of different options, it makes it really hard to even figure out who's playing. So how do you possibly go about handicapping that? I'm curious if it really impacts uh the more seasoned better or if somebody is still just interested in being casually into it uh more just for your team or against your or some team you don't like etc i will say one thing that could be an advantage to the better is that you're going to know as opposed to some college football saturdays where you literally don't know who's playing minutes or the before the game even starts you're going to know if a guy's not playing before the bowl game. He's either not going to be there at all or they're going to make some kind of announcement that he's not going to play. I remember Ohio State had those guys that didn't play in the Rose Bowl a few years ago. We knew that Chris Olave and, you know, and, and I forgot it, the defensive lineman didn't play. And we knew way ahead of time because they'd already opted out, but they were they were actually there. But so we're going to have an idea with that. I, I've been in a bull pool for a long time, uh, and I'm not in it this year because I don't care. It's going to be actually the bull pool. We have to like turn it in on Friday because the first bowl games were Saturday. So it's one of these confidence pools. It's a complicated thing, but you know, I have no interest in doing that thing anymore. I mean, there's no way knowing who's going to play for what team. Uh, going back to the Pistons in San Antonio Spurs for when they play each other, that Ooh. extravaganza is January 10th, and it also concludes the season April 14th. That's also Monty Williams and Popovich. If you downloaded the KTUS 1060 app yet, download today and get all of your favorite local and national shows right on your phone. Wrapping up our number one of the extra point right here on KDOS AM 1060 online at KDOS 1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app. Bob Kemp, Kayla Mortolaro here with you. And we've kind of been a little bit all over the place having some fun with you on this Thursday, December 14th. So this next segment here, we'll start it now. We'll pick it up in hour number two. Uh, continuing with the college football conversation, the athletic uh, Nick Bumgarner, he put together his rankings for transfer portal quarterbacks, but he divvied them up into three different categories. Those considered as veterans, which have started more than 30 games. Those that are considered experienced, which have played, um, you know, about 15 games and those that are unproven, 
which has played fewer than 15 games. So, of course, here starting the things off with the veterans is Dylan Gabriel for him, who is already committed to go to Oregon here. In 2023 at Oklahoma, Dylan Gabriel, 3,660 yards, 30 touchdowns, 12 rushing touchdowns, six interceptions, 69.3% completion percentage. And here's what I like about what Nick was able to put in this article. The off-target rate for throws for these quarterbacks, 11.2% off-target rate for them. Uh, He was 21 of 39 on attempts of at least 30 air yards, so he's not afraid to air things out. But He's already committed to Oregon here, so expectations are high. But how much does this keeps Oregon's situation humming, having Dylan Gabriel with the experience that he has coming into this situation, and then especially with the jump from the Pac-12 to the Big Ten, having a quarterback with experience and not really having to deal with that learning curve? He already went to a big jump anyway because he was at UCF before this year, and you know, the AAC wasn't great. And that's before UCF joined the Big 12 and you know, kind of you know, followed the conference, I guess, <laughs> as it turned out. But, but yeah, I, I think that the fact that Gabriel uh, – I think he's a really good college quarterback. I don't think anybody can argue that. I had doubts, quite frankly, before this past season how good he was at the college level. But he was very good for uh, for for OU, obviously. Uh, but I could also tell you that you know his NFL stock can't be real high right now, or he'd be off to the NFL after this year. Yeah, it's amazing. You know, being able to even first of all have a category of veterans starting more than thirty games—that that's kind of where we're that's at now. Really good. That's a really good point. With the nature of college football, Uh, one, you know, having extended year availability, the transfer portal, what it is, NIL money for what it is. So it's all kind of come together that that's even a category. We'll continue those categories to kickstart hour number two. We'll also get into uh, some comments from Jonathan Gannon, head coach of the Arizona Cardinals, and Kyler Murray, quarterback of the Cardinals, is there in preparation for the 49ers to come to town. In addition to that, we'll take your phone calls around 12 15 602 260 1060 it is the extra point here on kdus am 1060